Hey, listeners. Oh, hi there. We're starting off with some really exciting news. Yes. What? We have a new Patreon patron. Yes. Uh, she is giving $5 a month, which is the Urban Sheep level. Would you like to tell us about Urban Sheep, White? Yes. Urban Sheep. Rare and legendary. <laughs> Urban Sheep. <laughs> this is get, turning into a poem. <laughs> Urban sheep are the most mythical creatures or animals in Nepal. If you give $5 a month, you'll get a shout out on the podcast and your own custom pseudonym and access to our special merch eventually. Yeah, we still haven't made that merch, have no. we? <laughs> one no. day, one day, friends, we promise. Um, speaking of pseudonyms, what did we decide to call our, our new urban sheep? Her name is Creep. <laughs> For reasons sheep only the she creep. understands. Oh, you mean Creep the Sheep? Yes. <laughs> well, Creep the Sheep, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We're so glad that you are enjoying it and that you want to support us. Yeah, you're a rock star, you great mythical beast, <laughs> Catmandu. <laughs> okay, well, thanks again and to all the rest of you. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Big. And I am White. And together, we are Big and White. And you are listening to the Big and White Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. So, Big, what are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about all of our regrets. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> regrets. Regrets. I mean, kind of. We're talking about all the things that now, with our amazing, incredible 2020 hindsight, absolutely, we look back and wish maybe we had done differently when we first moved overseas. Yep. We're not going to give ourselves too hard of a time, because we all know that we're all doing the best we can, but we would like to make it as easy for you guys to come and be successful in Nepal as yes. possible. Yes. yes. Or any foreign not your own country. That is true, I suppose. Not everyone can come to Nepal. Yeah, sorry, guys. Cool. So, how's your week? <laughs> <laughs> We're off on a high energy note, aren't we? You know it, babes. Um, no, seriously, though. How was your week? Tell me. <laughs> my week, and by my week, I mean today. I'm really proud of myself, actually, because I'm actually following through on one of the New Year's resolutions that we talked about here on this podcast. I'm blown away. Yeah. Can you guys guess what it is? I don't care. <laughs> if you can't. <laughs> Take a gander. Whatever. Yeah. So I started learning how to drive a motorbike today. Thanks to Big. Yes. I am yeah. so proud. It it was so fun. It I had was so fun. much fun teaching you guys. I'm sure you felt really good about yourself. I, did. I was like, <laughs> I know so much. Well, it helped because I took a well, we're supposed to be talking about your week now. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But I took a, a like pretty intense class to learn to ride a motorcycle mm -hmm. and I learned a lot more information than maybe you normally would just from like learning from a friend or something. So and I Love teaching. Let's be real. Yeah. I love feeling like the expert. And I like helping people. So win-win. Yeah. But yeah, it was so fun. Like we sat in a little circle and we had our coffee and I was like, okay, you guys, put your right hand in the air. 
this is your front break. <laughs> and they all obeyed me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's a good thing about, I don't know, maybe living in a, in a different culture. You just kind of get used to looking silly. That's true. You're very good at learning new skills. Yeah. Like it, you don't feel like, oh, I'm an adult. I can't learn new things right. now. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I was really ready to learn, even though it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know how to drive a manual. Right. So, That's going to be the hard part for yeah. you. Like the balance and stuff, I think you'll be really right. good at. Like just at least from watching you today, it seemed like you kind of had a good intuition yeah. with driving. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Yeah, I got to start. I got to keep practicing or else the skill's going to go away. I know. I'm not going to lie. I'm impressed because I learned to ride in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I feel like driving in unpredictable stop-and-go traffic yeah. on not necessarily super well-paved roads is hard enough on its own. But if that's a situation that you're, like, practicing right. changing gears and using a yeah, clutch and exactly. stuff, like, I mean, I know people do it. It's possible, mm-hmm. but that's going to be, yeah, I'm proud of you for yes. learning here. Right. At least I have... At least I've been driving a scooter around. So like, you know, I'm not like worried about the, you know, I don't have to figure out like the distance between me and other people. Right. Of course, like first vehicle. Right. Exactly. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm proud of you. It was fun. You took a step. Yeah. Yeah. My legs are just long enough to actually be able to. (laughs) I know. My bike's kind of tall. I feel bad for you guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway. Yep. Personal growth development amazing that's what 2020 is all about and also being a human being that's what it's all about (laughs) clap clap i know i realized that sometimes on the podcast like if i want to clap instead i just do sort of a staccato repetitive noise like (laughs) yep 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 (laughs) like i only have one hand available for clapping that's what it's all about yeah (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what's happening with you? Can you top that? Can you possibly top learning to drive a motorcycle? I taught three people. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I can't top it, but I can tell you about my feelings. Okay. <laughs> do what you need to do, I guess. It's not why we created this podcast, but fine, whatever. <laughs> well, I just, this is my first week back in the office since coming mm. back to Nepal. And it felt like two weeks long. (laughs) Like my friend messaged me on Sunday or Monday and said, oh, do you want to talk this week? And then at some point I was like, man, I've never heard back from her. Like the week's almost over. Are we going to miss our chance to talk? And then I looked at the calendar and it was Tuesday. (laughs) But yeah, it's interesting. Like I feel like I, while I was gone, I didn't look at screens as much. Mm. I mean, I looked at my phone more than normal, probably because I was sitting around. I didn't pull out my computer. But when you're working in an office, you're looking at a computer screen like eight hours a day. Yeah. And I realized that that's something you kind of have like built an immunity to or whatever. Mm. Because after having not done that for nine months, <laughs> I was dying. Oh, man. Like my brain wasn't tired. Like I would be working and I didn't feel like, oh, I'm too tired to work or mm-hmm. I can't concentrate. I just would hit this point toward the end of the day where it was like my whole body was like, (laughs) cannot function. Hmm. So yeah, I'm like having to build up my tolerance again, which shows that I, no one probably should be looking at screens that many hours a day, but. Maybe blue light glasses are really a thing. Well, my glasses that I have, have the anti-screen reflective covering or whatever that's called. Yeah. 
So I do find that helps. Mm. Like I forgot my glasses one day and I was extra dying. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, besides just, you know, destroying my eyes and brain <laughs> with a screen, um, it was great to be back in the office. Yeah, it sounds yeah. great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all you mentioned about being back in the office. <laughs> uh, what else do you want me to say? Well, I love being with my coworkers, mm-hmm. white yes. and others. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a couple of people who weren't here when I left. And yeah. so it's been fun to get to know them a little bit better and just... Jump back into the flow of having a routine in my life. Yeah. Because I really haven't had one for the last nine months. I, I mean, think it's kind of soothing for like it is. a month at a time and then it's tiring again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm ready for a holiday. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to lie. I've been here, what, two weeks? And yeah. we, uh, White and I were talking about, oh, maybe we should do like a motorcycle trip in Vietnam. And I was like, I'm ready to go right now. <laughs> yeah. Same. No, if I if it was like a month away from now, I would be really ready. Like now I'm like, hey, my routine, going to the gym every day, like this is really good. But I month. think I like to travel every three months. Mm. For See, it'll of, have been three months in uh, a month for me. <laughs> for a couple of years, I traveled like every six weeks. Oof, and that's then, too much. And then I died. Yeah. Pro tip. Yep. yep Don't yep, do that. Yep. Oh, I should add that to my regrets list. Mm, good. <laughs> Uh, speaking of regrets, yep. Are we going to title this episode "Regrets"? I hope not. <laughs> what we could have done a little bit better. There you go. Way to be positive. About we did it. so good, but we could have yeah. done even more gooder. Yeah. yeah. That one. Yeah. That's a long even title. Even more gooder. <laughs> even more gooder. Simple. I like it. We did fine. <laughs> and yet. And yet. Okay. Well, wait. Do you want to tell me? Some ways you failed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> so many ways that I was a complete failure. Mm-hmm. Good. And Can't then wait. I started this podcast and my life turned around. Mm, hanging out with me more. Gee, yes. I'm seeing a correlation exactly. and a causation. I mean, could I ride? Could I drive a motorcycle before <laughs> I met you? No. Can you drive a motorcycle now? No. <laughs> I could drive a motorcycle in first gear for at least 100 meters. <laughs> Now I feel bad about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe here, I know. Let's start with a little preface. Um, When we talked about doing this episode, we both were like, but what will we talk about? Because we both feel amazing and like, and like we did our transition pretty well. Yeah. But yeah, so this isn't an episode to get down on ourselves, but as with any new thing that you do. Of course, you're not going to do it perfectly because mm-hmm. you are going to have to learn how to do it while you're doing it. That's yep, always fun. Yep, yep. Because no matter how many courses on cross-cultural communication you take, no which matter how took, many books you read. Which we read. No matter how many other countries you visit before you go. So many. <laughs> uh, it's still going to be a new experience, right? So, yeah, I guess the reason we're doing this episode is not to show how bad of a job we did when we moved here because I think both of us are pretty well prepared to move into a new culture but more just yeah like you said in the intro help other people maybe not make the same mistakes as us and make different mistakes instead yeah it's also kind of nice actually to think back like when we were planning this episode like think back on all these things that were really hard at the time and we still ended up fine and we're like both happy yeah, and true. like well-rounded 
balanced people Mm -hmm. for the most part. (laughs) We're good. Yeah, I think we're pretty good. Finally, it took me like three years and I'm finally like, oh, yeah, Nepal, like, it's awesome. Yeah, I think it took me, yeah, between two and three years to really feel like I had mostly things figured out here in a life routine. Mm -hmm. Let's tell the listeners the process before we got to that lovely settled state. Um, I feel like all of my things when I'm talking about struggles in Nepal are they all relate back to like the relationships that I have that I've Mm, made here. mm. So on that note, I'm going to start off with all the relationships that I have and I've made here. I think when I moved here, I was ready for the long haul. Like my contract was for at least four years and I figured that I might live here longer than that too. And so I kind of, even when I, I didn't want to give myself too hard of a time and like too many expectations fat chance on that i still gave myself a really hard time and had way too many expectations i don't know how you can avoid that but anyway have a different personality type me truth (laughs) don't be my enneagram type you very much so anyway all that being said i tried to give myself time i was like you know what like i love having a big group of friends and a diverse group of friends but i Don't want to have too many expectations about that starting out. Like if you don't have friends right away, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person Mm. or that you're lacking. It just means that you're starting over somewhere completely new and you're alone Mm -hmm. and that's fine. So I, yeah, I gave myself time to be miserable and to not judge myself for being miserable. I'm like, oh, I'm lonely, but it's fine. It's not, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that you're starting over. Um, And I think ultimately that was great. But at the same time, I gave myself a little bit too much leeway to be miserable. (laughs) Yeah, just like stewing in it. (laughs) Yeah. So I think for about five months, I pretty much was like, I was just learning Nepali. And then I would go home for my language lesson and I would eat a sleeve of Oreos (laughs) and then watch some Netflix. And then I would start the whole process over again. And I didn't really try to like really make relationships or find people who were you know could be my friends so is that why we weren't friends for the first year (laughs) you weren't friends with anyone (laughs) pretty much yeah so yeah i think about five months it took me to kind of just feel settled enough to like actually make relationships and now i meet people you know they're like i am only in nepal for two weeks but here i am mountain biking with you and i'm like how are you even here how did you find out about this group i don't understand how you're like so freaking proactive how do you have more friends than i do yeah (laughs) um so i wish that i would have given myself a little bit more of just like a kick in the butt to Mm -hmm. go and build relationships with people. Well, and I think especially when you first move to a new culture, your brain is really tired Mm -hmm. because you're probably learning language. You're learning how to navigate a new place. You're having to remember all these normal day-to-day things like, can I drink the tap water? No, I can't. How do I flush the toilet? (laughs) What do I, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that that are taking up a lot of mental energy. So I think it's easy to just be like, oh, everyone else is hanging out after this meeting, but I'm too tired, so I'm going to go home. Mm -hmm. When really it probably would be helpful to push through and then get energized by being with people. Yeah. Lesson learned. Yeah. It is a hard balance, though. I mean, I can see how you could make a mistake in that realm. And it's hard, too, because you prep yourself for getting ready to learn that second culture, but Mm -hmm. you don't get ready to 
for that third expat culture. Right, true. And I don't know if I was really prepared for that. And I'm kind of like a, I love, I'll go for it, but I want a few, a little bit of time to like just stand back and watch and Mm -hmm. then be like, okay, this is how I fit into this group. And so... It would have been nice if I hadn't given myself five months <laughs> of sitting that. back and looking. <laughs> Maybe but, just a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So in that specific thing, you wish you had been like given yourself less grace, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. But I also feel like I've heard you talk a lot in general about how you're always trying to be less hard on yourself. You're trying mm-hmm. to give yourself space for things. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like maybe in other parts of your life, you wish you had been less hard on yourself what does that even mean like yeah beating yourself up mentally for not doing things perfectly or well like when I was yeah when I first moved to Nepal then my job was to learn language and that's what I did for at least 30 hours a week Mm -hmm. and when your job is learning language it means that you have a job that you will never finish (laughs) yeah that's true so I, I didn't get to have any kind of like feeling of finishing a project or like I never had a day where I was like I've done plenty. I can rest well. I'm like, oh, man, I should have studied more. I don't remember this vocabulary. I don't remember this structure. I wish that I should have gone out to speak with the shopkeeper and talk to them. And I should have made relationships with this other person. And there's so many people that I don't know. And like the point of me being here is to have this meaningful job and I have no impact and no one knows who I am. Mm. Ultimately, it was selfish because I just want people to know who I am. Right. Because personality. And you want to look successful and have like a clear marker. So yeah, I just gave myself a really hard time about that and Mm. thinking that I needed to. Yeah, like you, I left America and like I was the girl who moved to Nepal <laughs> and then I moved to Nepal and I am a girl in Nepal obscure <laughs> random person yeah. that so, no one is excited about. right so I'm like I need to be able to yeah like you said like be successful in this I'm here mm-hmm. I need to step up my game somehow So how do you think you would have approached that differently? Like, do you think you would have set out small goals for yourself or Hmm. you would have like, what could have changed that? Because I feel like you it's one thing to say, oh, I was too hard on myself. Right. But I mean, what would the alternative to that be for you? Hmm. External recognition. Mm -hmm. Maybe asking other people like, yeah, like what is the expectation? Right. Like, talk to your supervisor or whatever and have them lay out, like, this is a milestone you can right, hit. Right, And yeah. we will say, good job, you did it. Yeah, Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, on one hand, like, it did, that was a good external stress to make me do things that I wouldn't have done otherwise mm-hmm. if I would have felt like I was already doing enough because I was in language this amount of hours a week. Like, I mean, by the time you did as much language as I had done, you were way better than me. So <laughs> something worked. <laughs> well, we were talking about the that I ended up going, I went to a village for, uh, for 10 days by myself to practice language as a, what do you call it? A village stay. Like immersive. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that was like at the end of my full-time language language so like at the end of 10 or 11 months and um and like when I was planning to do this I was like oh other people that I work (laughs) with have done this this is the expectation or you know like maybe you guys started field research like sooner than I had so therefore Mm. I need to go out and get field experience right and I was terrified but I was like 
suck it up. You got to do it anyway. <laughs> and um, and I did it. And it was amazing. And I'm so glad that I did it. And I traveled in Nepal by myself. I didn't even know the family that I went <laughs> to stay with. Like it was, you know, a friend of a friend. And um, yeah. and it worked out great. And I it gave me a lot of confidence. I was so impressed with you. Like, I was like, she's so brave. I would never do that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, you just got on a bus by yourself. Yeah. And went to a village yeah. you had never been to. I was like, well, I hope I get off at the right yeah. stop. Yeah. Um, but then after I started working in the office, I was like, no one else did the bus? Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, there was your recognition right there. Yeah. So, so wait, what you're telling me is, actually, you take it back. You're glad you're that hard on yourself. Humility over. I'm amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. I I don't know. I don't know how you would actually, like, how do you actually give yourself less of a hard time, but still, I still do well when you're in a, another culture. Yeah. Well, I feel like I have no advice for you because I have the opposite problem. <laughs> yeah, tell me. Like, I'm a really different <laughs> personality type than you. And I'm just like pretty in the moment. I mean, I like accomplishing mm-hmm. things, but I'm a pretty in the moment person. And I have probably too much self-confidence. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, man, I tried so hard today. I deserve a break. Or whatever, yeah. You know, um, I mean, obviously I struggled with different things mm-hmm. when I first moved here. But I will say... I mean, if you think you were too hard on yourself, I was not hard enough Mm, on myself in certain ways. I mean, I know that about myself. So I purposefully put myself in situations where I had no choice Mm -hmm. but to do hard things. So, for example, most people in our organization, at least, don't do this. But when I first moved here, I lived with a Nepali family Mm -hmm. for five months. And I'm so glad I did that because I am not good at being hard on myself. (laughs) And I would have been like, oh... I studied enough language today. I'm just going to hide in my house and not talk to any humans. Mm -hmm. But because I lived with this family, like I had to (laughs) hang out with them. And I, you know, they would try to make me speak Nepali with them, even though all I knew so far was the animals and the fruits. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, and I would be in the room with them and it was exhausting and hard. But I sure as heck would not have learned as much language Mm -hmm. or as much culture as I did if I hadn't force myself to do that so I guess yeah I mean even looking back on that time I think you know oh I could have done that better I could have tried to engage with them Mm -hmm. more I could have I don't know it's so hard when you're new somewhere like they would tease me a lot and now I would love that right but because I was feeling so vulnerable Mm -hmm. and so tired and new like it was not (laughs) fun for me you know so I can look back and think oh I wish I had been more lighthearted about that and just Learn to accept right. it or tried harder to speak Nepali with them or whatever. But yeah, you do what you got to do, man. Yep. Yep. Anyway, but all that to say, maybe a good summary of this would be think about you and your tendencies. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a tendency to be too hard on yourself, then make an intentional effort to find ways that will help you relieve that. Yeah. And if you have a tendency to not be hard enough on yourself and to... Just do the fun thing and not the hard thing. Mm -hmm. Find ways to force yourself to do the hard things. Yeah. So I guess in the context of being hard on yourself, you were talking about your language and culture learning experience. Mm -hmm. Was there anything specifically related to that that you think you would have done differently? Or did you like your language learning journey? Yeah, I think I definitely would have done some things differently. Like 
So for how every preposition that I know. <laughs> about, above, across, after, against. Oh, man. So how we've talked about in this podcast before, how both of us learned language um, was through a method called GPA, Growing Participator Approach. It's the best. It really is I love it. amazing. I am not here to knock GPA. Um, I would not have changed Good, having done I'd that. Good, because I'd ask you to step outside for a fight if you did. <laughs> Bring it, sister. <laughs> now that you threatened me, I'm going to down GPA. <laughs> but I would have changed a little bit about my language learning. So I ended up doing GPA, which basically is like you learn language like a little kid learns language like it's designed to be implemented in languages that don't have textbooks or classrooms you know any kind of like formal kind of education you should be able to learn it without any kind of written material it could be a language that doesn't have like a written form right so basically you just sit down with someone and start at the most basic like what's that what's that what's that and then you build up from there and you start learning grammar and you start learning But it's really contextual and conversational. and Yeah. It's supposed to start with like your immediate environment and then it gets more complex and gradually you're doing things outside of your house Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to make you a participator in the (gasps) language. Amazing. Yeah. And then you get finally like start telling your life story and hearing other people's life stories and talking about politics and... If you keep doing it for long enough, (laughs) I have not gotten there yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I did GPA a lot longer than a lot of people that we work with. I got to do it for like 11 months, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was really strong in some things. Like I think that GPA makes you have really great pronunciation because you don't even talk for the first 30 hours. Yeah. You just listen. Which which is so great. Because like, hard. <laughs> yeah, like Nepali has um, sounds that we in English don't, or maybe it sounds like the same sound in English. It wouldn't make a difference. Like you wouldn't, if you say calm versus calm mm-hmm. in English, it doesn't matter. But in Nepali, it's the difference between envelope and job. <laughs> it's kind of a big you distinction. You know that. Yeah. yeah. So you learn how to hear those differences. So I think that my pronunciation ended up being really good and like your gra- or your vocabulary is pretty good. Um, what is not so great from GPA is grammar structures. Mm-hmm. I kind of got stuck in some of my ways. So maybe 10 months in to GPA when I had one month of language left, I started meeting with an actual language teacher who's like grammar translation approach so like basically like i'm gonna tell you what past progressive form is and then we're gonna hammer it out you're gonna repeat after me we're gonna do this you're gonna read it more like how you would learn a language in a classroom right exactly yeah yeah Yeah. and so he found a lot of holes in my grammar things that like i just so basic like so can you figure an example Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so in Nepali, when you're asking if someone, like, how are you doing, you know, you literally say, oh, is it all fine to you? So mm-hmm. it's reciprocal. So you say, to you, is it fine? The Pailai Sansei Ta. And I didn't realize that it was reciprocal. Because mm-hmm. when you're a baby and you're learning language, you don't, your parents don't say, and now it's reciprocal. You have to say, <laughs> to me. Is it fine? You know? Right. So I was like, the bison say, huh? 
which is weird grammar. Yeah. It's not right. That don't make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, no, 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 no. Tapai lai, Sanseisa. It's reciprocal. And I was like, what? <laughs> I've been here almost a year and I can't even ask how are you? Oh, no. <laughs> so and that was actually because like Nepali spoken on the streets, maybe by people who are uneducated or just, you know, like you're talking fast, slang, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People know what you mean. We do it in English for sure. All of the time. And so I was like, why don't I? Why did I not understand that it was reciprocal? And then I spoke to somebody. And they were like, hey, it's the Bison's And I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, I mean, you learned both, right? So, yeah. 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 So do you you wish you had started that grammar learning oh, yeah. sooner? Yeah. My entire point of this <laughs> was that I wish that I would have – I would not have started grammar right away. No. I think that would have been too stressful on me. But I wish that I would have started grammar maybe like – five or six months in something like that when Mm -hmm. i was like still forming those neural pathways you know and now i had to like chop them down and make new neural pathways (laughs) yeah that's hard yeah and i'm still i go to language once a week still for two hours so that's great yeah and i'm still learning new forms (laughs) yep it's amazing oh my gosh it's really fun so many things i don't know well, there's like things I like learn it in class and then I go and I'm listening to people talk and I'm like, oh, you've been saying this for the whole time and I didn't know. <laughs> oh, interesting. Anyway. Yep. That's language. Maybe start with some grammar mm-hmm. too, but not all grammar. Mm-mm. I would Don't not say that. that. No. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my language learning experience. I just blabbed a whole heck of a lot. Good. About grammar. Uh, <laughs> you can tell you? this is something you're passionate about. I'm so passionate about it. It's like we're linguists or something. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. Um, anyway, speaking of language learning regrets, do you have any to share to make me feel better about myself? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I already told you that you were way better at language than oh. you're learning than I was. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess... I always had the plan to do continued language learning mm-hmm. like you're doing, and I've never followed through on it successfully. Uh, everyone, like once a year for a month, <laughs> I will study from a book that I have that's mm-hmm. a really good book. Mm-hmm. I actually incorporated that. It's a grammar book in with my GPA, um, kind of like you were saying you mm-hmm. wish you had done. But basically, once I was finished with my full-time learning after like seven to nine months, right. I just never never did it again and my language has still improved and I've studied you know specific vocabulary that we need for our job and I've traveled a lot in the village so I've gotten a lot of good practice but never stop learning language would be my advice to all of you and I just signed up to start doing classes with your teacher so I'm following my own advice yeah that's great finally yeah four years later (laughs) (laughs) no I think it's so good though because I mean I don't know if you get asked a lot by people like back at home who are like, so are you fluent in Nepali? (laughs) I usually tell them I'm like at a sixth grade level, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Although I can't read and write that well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is hard though. Cause like maybe even like the, the things that you learned when you were five months into language learning, you need to learn them again when you've been here for four or five years. That's so true. Cause you just weren't ready for them back then, but now you can be ready for them. Yeah. Yeah, what's that called? The like plus one concept? Yeah, I plus one. Yeah. Yeah. There's another word for that. 
Um, what is that called? I was just the zone of proximal development. There you go. It's like you can't learn something that's too advanced. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's basically the idea of you know, think of a stair well. Mm-hmm. Like if you're at the bottom, you can go up one step, but you can't just jump to step number five. No. So it's doing things that are just a little bit harder than what you already know how to do. Yep. And that is a great thing to think about with language learning. Yeah. So here's another thing that I wish I had done differently and or better Mm -hmm. when I first moved here, which actually I probably could still do this now. Oh, no. (laughs) Accountability. (laughs) I have to give myself advice. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Kind of going back to your relationship theme, I think maybe you felt like you wished you had made more expat friends. Mm -hmm. Um. And I made a few Nepali friends when I moved here because I was living with a host family and I went to a Nepali church. Mm -hmm. But then I just, it was like too hard for me to maintain those relationships, Mm. partly just because friendships look so different here and I didn't know what to do. So I just gave up Mm -hmm. and I wish I had not given up. I wish what I had done is just instead of feeling overwhelmed, like, oh, I have to be friends with a million Nepalis. Right. Just picked one or two people and said, okay, these people are super important to me. And even if it's super awkward and I make a ton of mistakes and I don't know how to be their friend, I'm going to force them to be my friend. Yeah. It's really easy to just follow the path of least resistance, which means you hang out with people who look like you. Well, and not who look like you, whose cultures are like yours, right? I mean have vaguely similar expectations Mm -hmm. for what a friendship might look like. You know, like when I first meet a new person, usually if we're going to, you know, doing that, like, are we going to become friends dance? There's like the next step would be an activity or meal together. (laughs) Like we all have similar expectations of how we progress into friendship. Whereas that is not how you would make friends with a Nepali or Mm -hmm. maintain a friendship with a Nepali. And it was too hard. So I just, gave up yeah there's still time i know (laughs) Uh, actually that kind of is related to one of the things that we have on our list here which is investing Mm -hmm. and i think we both did this pretty well but this seems like a common pitfall and something that i especially don't want to do now because i don't know how much longer i'm going to be in Nepal. So it would be easy for me to be like, well, I might only be here like one more year, so I'm just not going to try that hard Mm -hmm. or I'm not going to do more training at work because I might not even need it. Right. You know, but also I might. Yeah. Right. I feel like there's no, you're never going to regret investing. Exactly. Like if I have to leave here next month for some Mm -hmm. crazy reason, I'm not going to be like, man. I can't believe I spent all that time with my friends and <laughs> bought an air purifier yeah. that made my lungs feel good. And you know, like, you're never yeah, going to regret no. that. Creating a home and building connections. Yeah. And I think that we have heard multiple people who have been here for a couple of years saying that, oh, man, well, you know, I was only planning on being in Nepal for six months and then I ended up being here for two years. And I wish that I would have treated my time in Nepal like I was going to be here for two years, even Mm. when I didn't know, you know, multiple people have said this, that they regret not investing. And that means, like you said, in relationships, in physical things things that you own, like, 
you know, you're like, oh, I'm only going to be in Nepal for a year. So I don't need to buy a sofa. I'm going to sit on my freaking frozen cement floor. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting on the floor is not weird here. We're doing it right now. But you should at least have a cushion. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you should. Don't sit on the cement. And like some people, of course, like you treat your living home your living homes <laughs> um you treat your homes differently right like maybe in your home country you like to have a really nice tidy home well put together you like hosting people whatever or maybe you just slept on the floor in your old home and you didn't care if you had one single rug it doesn't matter you know you're like whatever my priorities are not there that's fine we don't want to make you feel bad about that but at the same time we're telling you to buy a couch (laughs) can't fit into nepal or any other culture unless you have a couch (laughs) proud sponsor of this episode couch Couch. Um, but don't purposefully choose to make yourself uncomfortable just because you don't think that you're going to make this country your home for the rest of your life right? or because it's hard to buy a sofa or it's hard to buy a toaster or, you know, (laughs) insert item. Was that too specific? (laughs) My ears are burning. (laughs) My roommate and I. Lived here for like three years before we bought a toaster. I don't know why. It only cost like $14 yeah. and it changed our breakfast game. And we were both so happy. Like, I guess it was only two years because it was during the Nakabundi where we didn't have electricity mm. and it was winter and it was so cold. But we would look at the electricity schedule and we'd be like, okay, we have electricity on Tuesday morning. We're going to wake up at seven and make toast. <laughs> and seriously, like, that made me happier. So yeah, why didn't I just buy a toaster? Yeah. I think in general, it's hard to get used to a new culture. It doesn't matter whatever the new culture is, like some things are going to make you uncomfortable. So like one of the things that I always tell new people when they're coming in, they're talking about like, just struggles or you know, oh, I, I went to Big Mart to buy my vegetables. And oh, I should have been going to my local neighborhood veg seller and you know like make sure that I'm supporting the economy and this and this and I'm just like it's so easy to feel so much pressure that you need to be a certain person in this new country Mm. or you know like like it's your entire responsibility to support the Nepali economy or something like that (laughs) and I do think it's awesome to like you know make a relationship with your neighborhood veg seller but I say do whatever you need to do to make you not hate your host culture (laughs) yeah like if having to go out on a day when you're really grumpy and interact with somebody when you're feeling terrible is gonna make you not leave your house at all and not eat vegetables and only eat packaged crackers or something (laughs) i don't know yeah don't do that then go to big mart Mm -hmm. you know like do what it's gonna make you comfortable buy buy a geezer which is what i did after two winters of cold showers yes or bucket showers i bought a gas geezer which is a gas powered water water heater heater. changed my life yeah (laughs) amazing i know i i feel like i did this a lot well i will say though in defense of us not buying things two things (laughs) one is Sometimes you don't know what's going to make you happy. Mm. Like, I just bought some drawers for my closet (laughs) at 
what, how long have I lived in this apartment? Almost five years. Yeah, yeah. And it has made me so happy. And I'm like, why didn't I do this before? But I think before I bought them, I didn't know. You know, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, they're expensive and I'm fine how I am. Right. You know, so it can be a little bit hard to gauge. Or you might accidentally buy something or do something that you find out doesn't improve your life that much. <laughs> yeah. You're like, that was a waste. So, yeah. you know, there's some trial and error. But I will say, I think part of the reason that this is this happens, because if you think about it, if you moved to a new city within your home country, you wouldn't do this, right? Like when I moved from LA to (laughs) Portland, I wasn't like, oh, I'm not going to buy a couch because I don't know how long I'm going to live in Portland. And I also didn't say, oh, well, I'm not going to buy a nice set of pants for my kitchen because, you know, I don't really need it. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. And I think part of that is when you move to a new culture, you expect things to be hard. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, oh, one of the other things that's hard. Right. And you don't think like, I can fix this thing. (laughs) Yeah. The other things are going to be hard no matter what. But this thing is fixable. Like, you just get in this mindset of like, everything's hard. Well, too bad. I'm just, I'm going to be tough. I'm going (laughs) to do the hard stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of old Western did you come out of? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, what a compliment. Thank you. (laughs) I've always wanted to be like, What's that woman who was a really good sharpshooter? And she was like a super famous, badass, West, Wild West. Something lady. Annie. Yeah. What Dr- was her name? My dream woman. Little orphan. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> and that's why I moved to Nepal. <laughs> not to say, oh, it's good to suffer. Or also not to say, oh, don't suffer ever right. and make your life perfectly cushy, but find that balance. Yeah. This is not very helpful advice, I is know. it? <laughs> <laughs> we tried and erred, and after a couple years, we figured it out, <laughs> and that's what you should do, too. <laughs> if you want to sit on a couch, you should find a way to buy a couch. <laughs> Proud sponsor of this episode. <laughs> Well, actually, I will. Here's something I'll say that um, someone who'd lived here for like 30 years gave me this advice when I moved here, and I found it really helpful. She said, give yourself permission to have one or two like really nice things. Hmm. And whatever that is for you, it might be really different for different people. So maybe it's like a super nice, uh, high quality painted Tibetan side table. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's a really comfortable couch that you know, it's not the normal kind you would buy. You have to find it special somehow. Mm-hmm. Or it's a really nice set of pots and pans or whatever. And then instead of being like, oh, you know, I have to make my whole house perfect instantly mm-hmm. the minute I move here. Like, give yourself grace on a few things. Be extravagant on in whatever realm you need extravagance right. in. And then in the rest of things, you can figure that out slowly. Or just be okay with having things not be exactly how you want or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of a good yeah. in-between. But do figure out a way for y- to invest mm-hmm. in the place that you were living, even if you're not going to be there super long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can always sell that couch if you need to move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure somebody else will gladly take it off your hands. Yeah. And relationally, too, invest. And you'll have those friendships. Like, in the expat community, people stay friends, you know? Mm-hmm. I have people that I'm connected with still that... We're only here for six months or a year. And even though I've been here way longer, they moved away and we're still friends. And if I ever go to where they live now, I can visit them or, yeah, it's it's not going to be 
energy poured down a drain, no matter what, no matter whether you're here for three months or three years or 30 years. You're so wise. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, now that I've given that preachy word of advice, (laughs) maybe let's each give an example of one thing that we didn't invest in and that we just should have. Why didn't we do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I wish I would have bought and bought. <laughs> I'm from Arkansas. I can it's say your whatever dialect. I want. It's a lot. <laughs> um, I wish that I would have bought a, at least a scooter when I like s- closer to when I moved here, oh, I think, really? because like when I lived in the States, I drove a scooter. That was my only mode of transportation. Yeah. So like it would have been a natural transition for me to buy a scooter here. Mm. But I kind of was just like, nope, it's supposed to be kind of hard to live here. So <laughs> everybody else I know rides bikes. So I'm going to just ride my bike. Bicycle. Bicycle. Yeah. And now I wish that I would have already bought a scooter because now it's like yeah but now i might not only you know i don't know how much longer i'm gonna be here for so should i bother buying one follow your advice you can sell no, I- my bike that i own i bought from a friend who had only lived here for one year mm. and she bought it brand new whoa so that's intense you too can invest yeah i in guess a scooter so. and our motorcycle i know now that you've been teaching me how to ride a motorcycle i might as well yeah girl sounds terrifying (laughs) it was funny as you were talking i was thinking yeah well i rode a bicycle a lot before i bought my motorcycle but i think i only lived here like three months before i got a motorcycle (laughs) it felt so long (laughs) it did feel long i was living with a host family and learning language and i was cycling up a long hill every day to get to my language class that does sound terrible it was sweaty (laughs) (laughs) okay mine is I'm like, I feel so dumb even just saying it. <laughs> uh, last year, I bought blackout curtains for my room. Not blackout curtains, but just normal curtains. Yeah, like How roll do you, down. Yeah, kind of shade. Shades. That's the word. I bought shades, which block the sun when they're closed. And also, if it's hot out, block the heat. Mm-hmm. And if it's cold out, keep the heat in. And they have changed my life. I mean, first of all, I'm sure I sleep way more deeply because yeah. I'm not woken up by the sun shining in through my sheer curtains that I had before. <laughs> Why? Why did they? They're do this? very sheer. I know. <laughs> it's nice for letting in light. Yeah, it's great. Also in the terrible because they let in light. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I mean, I think the total price was like forty dollars for yeah. all of them, and it was so easy. The people at the shop were nice, and I just. Didn't think of that idea yeah. for some reason. Here's related to that. Here's the helpful tip. Make friends with people who have lived in your new country for kind of a while. Yeah. Because the way I even had the idea to get rolled on shades was my friend who's lived here for like 30 years told me about the shop where you can buy them. Because mm-hmm. not a lot of people have rolled on shades here. They have right. like the fabric curtains so i would have continued to be stupid without his advice so (laughs) make friends with people who've been around for a while and they can tell you like um you don't have to suffer through a cold shower you can buy a geezer and i have a guy who'll install it for you yes make those friends Mm -hmm. well speaking of making friends yeah we're gonna end this episode with something that neither of us made a mistake on (laughs) but we've watched some of our other friends make a mistake on and we really just want to help you not make this Mm. same mistake and that is 
living alone. Don't do it. No. Yeah. Even if you are a person who likes living alone in your home country, it's so hard when you move to a new place because all the normal everyday things that your mom taught you when you were 10, Mm -hmm. now you're trying to figure out how to do those as an adult and there's no one around to explain it to you. And when you're like, I need to buy shades for my bedroom and Google is like, shades? (laughs) That's true. You can't rely on Google as much depending on what country you live in. Yeah. Yeah. So figuring out how to keep yourself healthy, like for us that meant like, how do you clean your foods? How do you make sure that you're not drinking dirty water that will make you sick? Mm -hmm. What do you do when the water doesn't come out of the tap (laughs) what if a light bulb goes out (laughs) you know just things like that that Mm -hmm. you don't need help with in your host culture and suddenly you're exhausted trying to figure them out i know and i always wonder like how families do it when people have families because it's a lot harder to have helpful roommates when you have a whole family i mean they seem to do it but i just feels like You really have to be super intentional about connecting with someone Mm -hmm. or many people, I guess, who A, can give you advice and B, actually just do stuff for you. Yeah. Like once, this was actually kind of recent, but uh, we have bidet hoses in our house. So it's the little water sprayer next to the toilet, also known as the bum gun. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, but mine just broke and started shooting water everywhere. <laughs> and I, the the actual like tap thing where you turn it off broke. Oh, no. So the only way to have it stop having water come out would be to turn off all the water to the whole house. Mm. And A, I don't know how to do that. And B, I didn't <laughs> want to do that. So I like put it in a bucket and I called my friend and I was like, my thing, I don't know what it's called. The sprayer, water, toilet thing is broken. <laughs> and he was like... Okay. And he was at my house within like six minutes. (laughs) And that's the kind of person you need because, you know, it's one thing to be like, hey, I need advice on where to purchase a light bulb. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to be like, my kitchen's on fire. No, not that. No. Call the the fire department. (laughs) But yeah, just having people nearby that can physically help you with stuff. True. Is really, really a luxury, I guess, in some ways. So you better be really careful about who you choose as a roommate. You need somebody who can fix your bidet. (laughs) No, I was really thankful, though, that I directly moved in with somebody, even though, like, I didn't know her. Like, I just got to sit and watch her go about her life. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, this is how you do things here. (laughs) Cool. I see. It made it definitely more easy on me and I could spend my energy on things that like language, you know, that Mm -hmm. were that are really important and didn't have to waste a lot of extra time being like Mm -hmm. trying to I don't know what I just do everything on my own, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you're sick, like there's someone that can help you, too. Yeah. Like my friend was living by himself and he got sick. And he didn't have a great relationship with his landlords, but luckily they stepped up their game Mm. and they like brought him water and they brought him like soup and stuff. But I mean, I I don't know because he was sick for like a week. Yeah. He would have just like not had anything to drink. I don't know what he would have done. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice to have that person when you're like on the floor of the bathroom in your house and they're like, here, drink this Gatorade. Please don't (laughs) die. Yeah. (laughs) 
All right. Well, um, I feel like this episode was 50% us talking about mistakes we made and 50% us giving advice. <laughs> yeah. We're like, well, I guess we made mistakes. Yeah, don't do this. But, you know, on the other hand, I guess we're doing pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't have done that, but I don't know how I could have done it differently. So <laughs> you just got – you have to live through your yeah, mistakes. Right. Enjoy it. But you know what? It's cathartic to hear about other people struggling. Mm, that's true. Yeah. That's what we're here for is the catharsis. (laughs) We will embarrass ourselves for your benefit. Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) In summary, hindsight is 2020. Yep. You're going to make mistakes, but hopefully you make your own and not ours. (laughs) The end. The end. (laughs) All right. Shall we do our segment? Yeah. Oh, boy, I got something (laughs) fun for us today. (laughs) I just like feeling, you know, more accomplished than you in some things because it doesn't ever really happen. (laughs) I'm kind of, I feel kind of like giddy. I'm so excited. What's it going to be? I hope it doesn't let you down. We've been building this up for a long time. So. I learned this Nepali phrase a while back, and my language teacher told me, this is a good phrase to use. People will appreciate it if you use this. And I said, okay. And I used it, and people appreciate it. (laughs) So I want to pass it on to you. I'm in such suspense. I am not such a good friend that I will give it to you for free. Wait, what? I'm going to have to quiz you about it first. Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, quizzing you, I will also see what our listeners think about it okay okay cold sweat set in yet 100 percent, yes <laughs> um okay so i'm nervous too because now i have to speak nepali Great. on the podcast i'll also say it so that i can embarrass myself too and make it feel better <laughs> and we have so many nepali listeners so they're gonna be like "Ugh, this white girl <laughs> so the nepali phrase is hard na baiko zebra Hard na baiko zebra. Hard na baiko zebra. Mm-hmm. Not bony tongue. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. No, no bone in your tongue. Yeah, literally, it's like so. Hard is bone. Na baiko is like not happening. Literally, <laughs> um, or yeah, kind of like bone without. not happening. And then zebra is tongue. So is it like a floppy tongue? <laughs> wait. So I wait. 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 Oh, yeah, I know. What like, a, you... like a loose tongue, like a gossip? Like you can't, maybe not a gossip, like you can't keep a secret, like loose lips oh. sing ships. Oh. Am I going in the right direction with this? Why does it even matter? Just keep going in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what else could it be? Um, you don't have a strong tongue, so... <laughs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> Is it like you can't handle spicy food? Oh, like your tongue is <laughs> That's an interesting one. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so hard. Okay, let me think of one more that it might be. Yeah. Listeners, I hope you're also thinking yeah. of what you think. What it could might it possibly be? mean to have not have like a bone? You're like in your driving tongue. in the car and shouting at the podcast right now, like, hey big, it's obviously this. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like having a bone in your tongue would be 
bad. It sounds disgusting, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like a thing that, like, people with weird piercings would do. Mm. (laughs) Just, like, put a bone in there. Okay, no. (laughs) I think it could mean, yeah, so you don't want a hard, painful tongue, Mm -hmm. right? So if you don't have a bone in your tongue, then you're probably a really good kisser. Oh. Right? Okay. I think after all this suspense, I need to know. Yeah. What does it mean? Overall, I just want to ask you, do you think it's a negative thing or a positive thing? Two of my three answers were negative. So I'm going to go with the math on this one and say negative. Okay. So the situation that you would actually use this in is never going to live up to the expectation of this entire segment no is when you make a mistake in nepali yeah and you're like oh and they're like oh that's so funny me too it means i don't have control over my tongue oh Oh. it's like crazy spaghetti arms (laughs) (laughs) what like if you don't muscles in your arms or bones you can't control them they're old, like spaghetti arms. Old, old crazy spaghetti arms that's our guest host next week <laughs> anyway crazy spaghetti tongue okay that got weird <laughs> so it just means you can't control your tongue yeah in like a sense of uh, i just can't talk right now yeah right. not like i can't control my metaphorical tongue yeah. And I'm gossiping. No, not so much. And it's not like necessarily a negative thing, but it takes the pressure away from you. Because mm. it's like, oh, I'm not the one who's making the mistake. It's just it's my, my tongue. tongue being silly. <laughs> silly old tongue without any bones. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. I love it. But yeah, so my language teacher taught me that. And he yeah. was like, if you use this in the village, then they'll appreciate it a lot and i got to use it and it just makes me feel really good because right it kind of like you just made a mistake and you feel dumb and then you say something that nepalis love exactly then it like erases your mistake it kind of makes me seem like i'm clever (laughs) (laughs) it's always great to trick people into thinking you're clever (laughs) but those are like the kind of things like you can't ask some you can't ask a native a native Nepali speaker to teach you things that your language doesn't have. Mm, you know, yeah, you can't translate something that my tongue doesn't have bone. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. So I guess you could say, oh, is there something you say in X situation? Right. But even that but like, doesn't work very well. Yeah, right. Would you yeah. think, you know, like, what would we say yeah. in that situation? I don't know. Yeah. It's spontaneous most of the time. Mm-hmm. But it somehow makes sense if you're a native English speaker. That's it's hard. Yeah. I hard like no bone in the tongue. Nope. Not a one. <laughs> <laughs> now we have something to say when we mess up trying to talk for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we should just start saying it in English. Yeah. You know? And then I won't have to edit out all the mistakes we make. Yeah. It'll be perfect. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, thanks for hanging out with me today, White. Yeah. It was fun. It's great talking about all the mistakes we've made over the years. Made me feel real great about myself. You're right, though. It is a little bit cathartic. Yeah. (laughs) Especially now that we're sort of beyond those things. Yes. Now we're making different mistakes. Yay! We'll redo this episode in another three years. Yep. (laughs) Okay, well, listeners, thank you so much for listening. And be sure to find us on all the social medias. Mm -hmm. Send us an email. We love getting your emails. Yeah, we do. They're really fun. 
Uh, you can also support us on Patreon if you so desire. And I guess that's it. Yeah. I think I'm going to go now. Okay. Is that okay? Sounds great. Yep. Going to put the phone down. Okay. 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 Bye. La. Okay. Bye. La. Has. 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 La. Has. Bye. Ha. Has. Have you ever done your Nepali Southern accent on the podcast? Oh my gosh, maybe I haven't. Maranam, white ho. Tara, Nepali ma, seto, bunsa, why not the? Annie, tobacco nam keo. Tobacco, cutty parsa bio. La, suck yaola.